Hey there, I'm Allison Ray, and you're listening to the Pace and Pattern Podcast. This is a podcast for people like me, people who struggle with feeling frantic, distracted, and just generally overwhelmed. Here, we'll be exploring some simple strategies to help us have margin, get a little clarity, and feel good about what we're doing by proactively setting the pace and pattern of our real lives. It's not about being perfect or ultra productive or efficient. It's about focusing on what matters and doing our best while giving ourselves grace along the way. Today's episode, episode number four, is making habits happen. So this is kind of the follow-up episode to last week's episode, Tiny Yet Mighty Habits. In that episode, we talked about what a habit is, how they work, and why they're so amazing and also kind of terrifying. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go and listen to it now. I promise it's going to help set the stage for all that practical stuff we're going to get into today. And don't worry, we're not going anywhere. You can just come back here. I'll be waiting. And yeah, so go do that and then come back. All right. So we've all been there when it comes to wanting to form a new habit. We've tried and we've failed and we've gotten frustrated at ourselves and then given up. The truth is, forming a new habit is really hard work. It's not necessarily that the habit itself is hard, it's more just that you have to have consistent effort over a long period of time. And so that means it's not easy. The good news is, once a habit is formed, it takes just barely any effort on our part to maintain it. I even think you get to that golden place where when you don't do your habit, something feels a little weird, and you're like, huh. I feel kind of off that I didn't do that. And that's the promised land when it comes to habits. I hope today's episode will get you to that golden place where you're just merely sustaining the habit that you want to have. I'm guessing, especially since you already listened to the first episode on habits, that you probably already have several habits in your brain that you want to form right away. I promise we're going to get there. But before we get into the mechanics, I want to spend a minute making sure that the habit you want to form is good for where you are right now. There are two things I mentioned in episode number two, rules for setting sustainable goals, but I think they matter enough to mention again here because they're just important. So before you even start trying to form a new habit, think about whether or not it's a habit that reinforces part of your identity that you want to cultivate. So make sure your habit matters and that it connects to something bigger about who you want to be. Your habit should connect to your personal why. So if you've written a vision statement, you know I love those, episode number one for the year, you know that a vision statement is a really good way to double check and see if your habit is a good fit with what you want to see happen in your life this year. One activity that I really love to do is to think about specific dimensions of the kind of person I want to become, and then I brainstorm tiny little daily actions that would help me grow in that direction. So for instance, if I want to be a lifelong learner, then I would try to form the habit of reading before bed at night. Or if I want to grow in gratitude, then I would write down that maybe I could start keeping a gratitude journal. If I want to be a better steward of my home, then I might try to form the habit of doing the dishes every night after each meal, things like that. So this part is really fun because you just get to explore all the options and write everything down. But then after you do all that fun stuff, you're going to have to do the hard part, which is just focus on one habit at a time. 
I know it's really hard. This is the hardest part for me, but I promise if you focus on channeling all your effort and willpower on just that one habit, you're going to be way more likely not to get burned out and to actually see your habit happen. Okay. All that being said, I already know there's some of you out there who are going to cheat and you're going to try to have like two or three habits going at once. Please, please, please don't have any more than two or three, but if you have to have two or three, I want you to try to prioritize one above all the rest. So make sure even if you fail at the other ones that you have one that you're holding up as the absolute most important. So that means this is the only one you're going to track. So you can have a couple others maybe in the back of your head, but really try to focus on prioritizing that number one habit. This will make sure that you figure out what the absolute most essential thing for you to focus on this season really is by just choosing that one habit and it'll help you not get tired and burned out. So working on three habits doesn't seem like a big deal on day five, but when you're working on three habits on day 35, it can get a little more monotonous and draining. Okay, now that you have that one habit in mind, let's talk mechanics. How are you gonna weave this little guy into your life? When it comes to establishing a habit, it's less about how many weeks go by and it's more about how frequently you're doing your habit. For a lot of us, doing something every day is actually gonna be easier than doing the same thing five times a week. If you're trying to do something less than five times a week, I think that that actually falls into the category of a rhythm, which we're gonna talk about next week. We're gonna talk all about rhythms. So if your habit is something you want to happen less than five times, I would go back and reevaluate the habit because habits are just way easier to form if you're doing them over and over and over again. Also, there's not a set amount of time that has to pass before a habit is formed that I think it's like 30 days or something like that is sort of a myth. It really has more to do with how complicated your habit is and how often you're doing it. So if your habit is making the bed every morning, that's actually a fairly simple habit. And I'm guessing that would be one you could accomplish in like 30 days. But if it's a little more complicated and you're not doing it every single day, then it's probably going to take a longer amount of time. Just wanted to throw that out there. But really, instead of focusing on that so much, really you should just try to focus on noticing when does it feel like it's something you do naturally without even having to think about it. And that's how you'll know that your habit is formed. Or when do you feel like you don't even have to keep track of the habit because it's something you're doing on autopilot and it feels kind of boring to even bother tracking it. That's another way you can see if it's totally solidified. So how do habits work? Charles Duhigg wrote the book, The Power of Habit, which is one of my favorites. I mentioned it a lot last episode. And it breaks down the science behind how habits work on a neurological level. So he describes what he calls the habit loop. The habit loop has three main parts. And if we can understand these parts, it is going to just make understanding how to form a new habit way easier. The first part is the cue. This is the signal that triggers the start of your habit. So for brushing your teeth, the cue might be getting out of the shower in the morning. For driving through McDonald's and getting a Coke, the cue might be seeing the golden arches on your way to work. The second part of this habit loop is the routine. So this is the habit itself. So in those two examples, the habits would be brushing your teeth and driving through and grabbing the Coke. 
And then the last part of the habit loop is the reward. So this is the part that helped you form the habit in the first place, and it's what keeps you coming back for more. It can be something as small as maybe even enjoying that fresh minty sensation in your mouth after you brush your teeth, or it can be that first sweet fizzy sip of your Coke. All right, so there's those three main parts, the cue, the reminder to do your habit, the routine, the habit itself, and the reward. So the part that makes you want to form the habit to begin with. We're gonna use all three of these parts of the habit loop to help us form new habits. So let's start with the cue. The trigger that reminds us to do our habit. So when you're trying to start a new habit, you need to choose a cue that is specific, that's stable, and that's obvious. If you decide, I wanna do 10 jumping jacks every morning, that's way too vague. It's hard to just determine like at what point you're gonna be doing these jumping jacks. Is it gonna be right when you get out of bed in the morning? Is it gonna be after breakfast? It's just, it's too vague. Instead, you could do something like, each morning I'll do 10 jumping jacks in front of the bathroom door before walking in to take my morning shower. So that's more concrete. And it also ties your habit to a specific place. The more detailed you can be about exactly when and where you'll be adding your new habit, the better. So having a consistent place and a time is really helpful when you're forming a new habit. And when I say time, I don't even really mean like clock time. What I mean is the same kind of rhythm of your day. So even if you woke up at 7.30 instead of 7, you're still gonna be doing your jumping jacks before you get in the shower in the morning. So it's not really gonna change that much in terms of how your day or morning flows. The second part is you want it to be specific and then you want it to be stable. So that means it's a cue that is going to happen as often as you want to do your habit. So remember, the more frequently you do your habit, the more quickly you'll form it. So you could set a timer on your phone to remind you to do your habit, which I guess could work, but you know how we talked earlier about time and how your habit doesn't necessarily need to be linked to time. Really, it's better if you can add your habit to a habit that you already have, and then it'll kind of more organically and naturally weave itself into your day. For example, with the jumping jacks, you already have the habit of taking a shower every morning. So by adding the jumping jacks right before you take the shower, that's kind of stacking it onto a thing that's already gonna be consistent and stable and happening on a regular basis. If you're trying to figure out where a good place in your day might be to add your desired habit, you could just sit down and write down all your most stable habits that you do every day without fail. Things like getting out of bed in the morning, putting your pants on, taking your shoes off when you get home from work, all those things. You're actually probably gonna be surprised by how many habits you already have. All right, lastly, your habit needs to be specific needs to be consistent, and it needs to be obvious. So this means your cue, if possible, should smack you in the face, it's so obvious. The idea here is that it needs to shake you out of autopilot, because remember our last episode we talked about when you're in the process of going through the motions of your daily habits, you're really not even thinking about what you're doing, you're just doing them on autopilot. So when you have a cue that will kind of wake you up to the fact that you need to add this new habit into your life, that's just a really good thing. This gives you the classic 
example of setting your exercise clothes out somewhere where you can see them, or maybe putting your vitamins next to your coffee maker. In the example I gave about the jumping jacks, you could do something really silly, like put a sign on the bathroom door that says, jumping jacks! And that might be kind of ridiculous to look at, but I bet it will really help you do your habit. So let's move on to the next part of our habit loop. So you've got your cue and it's specific, consistent, I mean specific, stable, and, and obvious. So the next part is the routine itself. The habit itself needs to be tiny. Remember, habits are the tiny but mighty actions that shape our lives. For this section, I want you to really focus on the tiny part. You already have a habit in mind that connects to your personal why. Now you need to make sure your habit is so small and ridiculously easy that you won't be tempted to talk yourself out of doing it. I want you to just look at your habit you wrote down and ask yourself, will I do this even if I kind of have a headache and I'm in a terrible mood? That's how you know if it's easy enough. In Atomic Habits by James Clear, he recommends using something called the two-minute rule, which basically means that in the beginning of the habit you're trying to form, it should only take two minutes or less to complete it. Your habit should be so crazy easy that it just takes very little willpower to establish it. He says that this does two things. One, it helps you conquer the hardest part of any new habit, which is taking that very first step. If you make it easy so that you won't talk yourself out of doing it, then you get to solidify that kind of gateway or on-ramp onto an even bigger habit as part of your daily routine. So you're practicing knocking over that first domino so that over time you can add more dominoes to it. It's way easier to add to a habit that's already established than it is to start a new one. And then he also says that the other great thing about doing this is that by starting super small, it makes you more likely to succeed. And so when you succeed over and over again, you'll be motivated to keep your chain of wins going. So this helps you build confidence and it also helps you start to shape the identity of who it is you want to become. If you start thinking of yourself as a person who sits down to write every day, even if you're only writing two sentences, then that reinforces the idea that you're a person who sits down and writes every day. You're a person who shows up and does that hard thing. That's just a really good way to get you on the right track to continuing to develop your habit. The goal here is to take that dream habit you have in mind and just find that little on-ramp habit that'll get you started. All right, the last part of the habit loop. We've talked about the cue, we've talked about the routine, now let's talk about the reward. This, I think, is the most important part of the habit loop. And I also think it's the part that we often leave out. We try to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just force ourselves to do this hard thing we know is important, when really maybe the better thing is to think about what it is we can do to make ourselves enjoy this new habit that we're trying to form. In the long run, it's way easier to do something consistently if it's something you actually find enjoyable. So there's three ways that I've thought about this with helping habits be just much more enticing. You can focus on something intrinsically pleasant about the habit itself. 
So the habit I'm trying to form right now is doing yoga every morning. Right now I'm only about four weeks in, so it's still in process. But one thing that's really been helping me do it consistently is noticing how my body feels kind of happy and tingly afterwards. So it makes my, I don't know, I feel like my skin is kind of like radiating aliveness, if that makes sense. And so something about focusing on this sensation want, makes me want to come back and do yoga again the next day. Another way to think about it is if you're trying to form the habit of making your bed every morning, for instance, you could step back and just admire how nice your room looks after your bed is made. And that can kind of help just boost that good feeling you have about doing your habit. Another thing you can do is you can add something else that you enjoy to the habit to make it more appealing. Like you could listen to a favorite podcast while you're washing the dishes, or you could drink a nice warm cup of coffee while you sit down to do your writing every day, something like that. Something that will just make the habit feel so cozy and pleasant. And lastly, you can approach it by telling yourself that after you do your habit, then you get to do something that you really, really enjoy. So think about with that jumping jack example, you could set the rule that you're not allowed to enjoy a nice steamy shower until you do your 10 jumping jacks. Or you could promise yourself that you won't sit down on the couch until the kitchen is clean at night. Something like that. And even though that reward isn't necessarily associated with the habit, it's still something good that happens right after you do your habit. And then this final example is just kind of a simple one, but it really works well for me. I don't know, I think it just depends on your personality, how much you'll like this, but tracking a habit in some kind of easily visible spot. So right now the yoga habit I'm doing is on my chalkboard in my kitchen and there is something so satisfying about hearing myself write that X on the chalkboard every day. I'm like, yes, I did it. And that is really motivating to me. To sum it up, what you're going to do for forming your new habit is choose a habit that really matters, pick a consistent, stable, and obvious cue to remind you to do your habit, make your habit super simple, and then make your habit enticing and enjoyable as possible. I really hope this episode will help you as you think about adding a new habit to your life. If you want to learn more about habits, check out this awesome list of books I put in the show notes for more inspiration. I would love it if you'll join me next time. We'll be talking about rhythms, how they're different from habits, why we need them, and how we can make them part of our lives. I'm Allison Ray. Thank you so much for listening to the Pace and Pattern Podcast.